0: This is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview podcast on Friday, November the 13th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about rising COVID-19 numbers, the aftermath of the presidential election, victory for President Joe Biden, and some other odds and ends. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. So we are, as I said, taping on Friday, and uh, the governor just announced we set a blew past the previous records, some 2,300 new COVID cases, and uh, the governor took what has become a familiar tack to dealing with difficult problems. He's created a
1: task force. A task
0: force. You know,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, what when he announced this yesterday, I, I I just was dismissive because I mean that's what he does. And it's the same old people and the same old lobbyists and the same old doctors and the same old story, which is that, that we don't need to put any restrictions on businesses and we don't need to go to school virtually. We just need people to wear a mask. And I guess he's going to spend $1.6 million advertising that people should wear a mask. But I look around I me mean, in Arkansas and there's just a lot of people that just don't really give a rat's behind on what he says. So, you know, I, I just think we're going to, You know, and he he wants to play football and sounds like Dr. Romero really doesn't like the idea of playing basketball in high school because it's indoors. But, you know, we're not going to stop that either. It's, you know, the governor just said, you know, we just can't go to virtual school in class. School is too important. And, and, And I understand there's a strong argument for that. But like today, they just announced both Bentonville High Schools. And these are like two of the biggest high schools in the state. One is, I think, the biggest or it used to be they're going virtual for two weeks. I mean, so what's the difference when you're pivoting in that? because so many people are getting sick and so many people are in quarantine? I mean, it's I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of depressed about it all, but I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying I'm stay at home.
0: Well, yeah, especially there, a number of the universities are going to either shut down entirely or go virtual between Thanksgiving and then end of the year. And uh, there was a rumor floating around that, K through 12 schools would be uh, required to do the same. Johnny Key uh, shot that down earlier in the week, but that and,
1: and, the, and the and the governor reiterated that today that that was not going to happen. That was not in the plan,
0: and that that is uh, seems to be <laughs> largely tied to the economy because uh, parents need a place to put their kids.
1: Oh, sure. I mean well, it's all about the economy. And you know, and he made it very clear today that this task force he was asked some questions about business restrictions and you know, Leslie Peacock asked him about a rumor that some of these chicken plants will let you have one paid time off for quarantine but not a second time, which means you probably won't quarantine that second time. You'll probably go to work, whether you're infected or not. And he said this isn't about business, this is strictly about managing hospital, which is kind of seemed to be saying is I'm expecting this to get worse. And so we just got to figure out a way to manage our hospitals, which is primarily that, you know, balance the load. I mean, some parts of the state have enough space and some don't. I, he had put up a figure today that I, southeast part of the state, I think, is like maxed out on ventilators. So we just got to figure out a way to share our ventilators. I said, That's a strategy. There's a strategy for you, you know, well, We're not. He just said we're not going to do any lockdowns. That's not part of the plan they're not any good. That's not what and it was really kind of a nice moment. You know, there had been a release. Oh, several people have had it of some. They call them options that the health department had given the governor on things that they could do in, in the face of this rising COVID-19 race. And they include some sort of modified lockdown things and virtual school and all of, you know, pulling back on in-person in-house dining and that sort of stuff. And and he got kind of mad about it. Said I want to clarify this. There were I did not ignore any recommendations. Those were just options that were given to me. And then Romero pipes up and said, "Yes, well, you know, these are just options. That's all. So we we didn't recommend anything. And so you know, why waste your breath then if he's not going to do any of this stuff? I I don't know.
0: Well, there is some precedent uh, for this situation, and that's the earlier uh, significant rise and cases where. The governor was was beat up. Uh, this was back when he was doing the daily briefings. Beat up, uh, you know, pretty much on a daily basis by the rising numbers and and calls to uh, to do a shutdown and and to issue a, later to issue a mask mandate. And ultimately, after being firm on not changing pace, he relented. Uh, do you think that you know? I mean,
1: well, he he left open just the tiniest glimmer of something along the lines. Well, of course if things just get to some terrible point that, you know, you never say never to anything, but, but it's just over and over again. You know, he, he, he says so many specific things that I don't see us doing anything that would reduce, that would increase unemployment or it's just, it's just all this single minded devotion to keeping business open. And that's just, he thinks that's the path. And I, I, I don't know. You I know, mean, it's, it is. It isn't working in terms of holding down the the virus in Arkansas. That's all I know. And Although we're now only twelfth rated after being number nine, and other people are just doing so much worse than us. I guess a few of them are getting ahead of us in the COVID game.
0: And the uh, the health department has has speculated that this rise comes uh, in part due to to Halloween gatherings. Of course, we're we're just a few uh, few days away from Thanksgiving. And uh, and then colder weather, which will push people inside. So
1: and then, and then Christmas, never mind. And, you know, and we're battling this thing in, in this state in which, you know, the governor said something today that everybody just on the web is just laughing at. He saying, you know, I just I just can't believe that people don't understand the benefit of wearing masks. And look around. <laughs> I can believe it. I mean that our state is full of people that just reject it, that just won't do it, and and so that's a problem. And people are weary, and and you there is a certain point, and even if you recognize the the wisdom of some of these practices, is you just get tired of it, and you almost say, "Oh, to hell with it!" I mean, I'm just going to take my chances. I, I do think that Jose Romero was his strongest yet in saying, "Please, please, please." Don't have people outside of your family come over Thanksgiving, you know, keep the numbers small. Don't have people come visit from out of state. I mean, be very careful. And so then there's Thanksgiving. But, you know, we're kidding ourselves. I mean, there's national studies now that say people are getting this stuff at restaurants and at gyms. And 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 we keep saying, oh, we don't have any data that shows that. Well, I I don't believe that or, or I don't believe they're trying hard enough. or They're not doing enough contact tracing or whatever. But of course, that's part of it. it and, and, and of course, school is part of it. And of course, and you know, they want to say, well, it's not football, it's people who are going to parties after football games. Well, I don't know. I, I, it, it's all of these things added together, it seems to me, contribute to an atmosphere in which an awful lot of people in Arkansas don't take it seriously. And we're now paying the price. And, yep. and so there's a lot of blame to go around for that. But I, I'm not, somebody asked the governor today, well, so, you know, I mean, just what kind of ads do you run to make people that are going to work that haven't worked until now? And he said, well, you yeah, know, there are a lot of different strategies. I don't know. Maybe it's like back when you were in high school and they showed you the venereal disease film. Just show some, you know, some some sex organs rotting off from oozing sores or something. Maybe, you know, people dying on ventilators in hospitals, maybe just the scared, straight approach may be the way to go. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was talking to, to, about this with our friend, and former colleague David Ramsey, and you know he pointed out this this is got lost when it entered the culture war. You know, I mean that's there are people who are tired of it who maybe gotten lax, but I think Arkansas's bigger problem is that they're political. Yeah, it's it's just become this this article of faith that that only the libs care about this, and I'm not gonna. I mean, there are people, frankly, who listen to Donald Trump, and
1: no, and he laughs at it. And he's got a White House full of sick people, and he had a- rallies with people proudly doing what they do and getting sick, and kind of like they don't care. I mean, it's just almost a badge of pride, really. It's, uh, I me, mean, you know, where I live, I live in, you know, one of the two or three most liberal precincts in Little Rock, and at and at the grocery store in my neighborhood, it's a hundred percent, you know, a, But pretty much, although there's some smaller merchants where the people who work there, not so much, you know, but the big stores, they're good. So which doesn't mean you're wholly safe, by the way. It means you're safer, but, you know, it's not a guarantee even then.
0: All right. Well, let's let's leave that bleak topic and move on to another one. Uh, So last week we talked and uh, thought that a Joe Biden presidency was a near certainty. Uh, he was, uh, uh, officially declared the winner on Saturday, uh, of, of last week. And throughout the week, he's just been piling up electoral victories. It's not even going to be close at all. It's, it's a decisive election yet, uh, very few Republicans nationally and none of any significance that I know of, at least in Arkansas have acknowledged that, that, uh, Biden has won.
1: No, and and to the contrary, some of them are saying some really unbelievable things. Like, you know, my congressman, French, the jackass hill, seems to say, well, you know, there's some legitimate claims of irregularities out there. Well, that's not, that's just simply not true. It's not true. It's a lie. And if the democratic process meant anything, and if all these Republicans that used to talk about what a great country you are because of the peaceful transition of power, Weren't blithering hypocritical dick. They would say Joe Biden, there's he's now everybody agrees he's carried Arizona. He's carried Michigan by 150,000 votes. He's carried Pennsylvania by 50 to 60,000 votes. They're recounting Georgia, but as a rule, unless there's some terrible mistake, He's won Georgia. He'll win 306 electoral votes. He's going to win the popular vote, probably about 6 million votes before it's over with. Joe Biden won, but a top White House advisor I just saw on Fox said, don't worry about Joe Biden not getting security briefings and not getting transition money because there's not going to be a Biden president. Trump's going to have a second term. Just saying that flatly as if it's fact. And you've got people talking about trying to get the Pennsylvania legislature to override the will of the people in Pennsylvania. They, they have a plan in Michigan where they'll count the votes in Detroit. Uh, I don't think they've got any plan left in Arizona. Arizona, I believe is lost for good. And I guess they're, they're holding out hope against hope that somehow Georgia will do some miracle. They've, they've dug up a a few isolated cases of, of voting irregularities, which is, you know that's not unheard of in a five million vote the question is whether there's a lot of them and i i I don't i don't know what their plan is but i you know they put people in charge if they fired the defense secretary they got a guy in charge over there who was ready to use troops to shoot protesters on the street so who knows what he'd do to keep trump in office uh this is happening all over government i i just think there's it's just kind of trump doing trump in business but in in the office of the president of the united states i mean he he'd be sued and not pay his people and get away with it and get his debts discharged. And I just think somehow he's waiting for a miracle in the white house. And it's really shameful that Republicans are playing along with it from Mitch McConnell to to John Bozeman, to Tom Cotton, to all the rest of them. It's uh, it's shameful that, that, that they're going along with uh, defying the will of the people. But you know, I, that's, I, I I'm just really kind of nervous. I don't know what the end game is really. I, Trump hadn't been seen since election day. I I I I don't think if if he can assemble enough generals that, that he might not try a military coup. I, I I don't put anything past him really.
0: Well, so what what do you chalk up this acceptance by Republicans to? I mean, Trump has as as you say made a career out of lying and, and getting people to buy lie in lies, but you know the. the the folks you just mentioned, our congressional delegation—they're not idiots, or most of them aren't. They—they they know that Biden actually won. Is this about, you know, staying in Trump's good graces? Because
1: well, I, I think it's, it's, it's some of it. Some of it is that. I mean, there's still two months left, but a lot of people say this isn't my theory uh, it, that it's that the Republican Party is now the Trump Party and and when you look at the i mean that this is something we've talked about a lot which is his victory in 2016 is now abundantly clear and his very narrow defeat this year is abundantly clear <coughs> is there a great huge percentage of the american population that likes donald trump and likes his act and likes the way he behaves and so even somebody like, let us say, French Hill, who I think is an odious human being in so many ways, but but I agree with you, is really a Bush Republican, is, a, is an establishment Republican, and recognizes this is crazy. He understands at the same time the reason he got reelected this year is because a bunch of Trump people voted for him in droves in places like Saline County and White County and Faulkner County. And he didn't want to cross them. For one thing, you might get, get and this has happened a time or two, you might get beaten in the primary by some nut, by a QAnon nut. I mean, it happens. In other states, hadn't happened here yet, but doesn't mean it won't. I mean, it's happened to the state legislative. It's happened to a kind of a I mean, a rock rib conservative senator in Jonesboro. I mean, but it's sort of a business conservative, but but I mean, but you know, pretty much down the line on all the usual hot button issues. got would beat by a red hot Republican who was crazier than he was. It it happens. And so I think they're I think they're fearful of what is now the Republican base. It is it is not Ronald Reagan's Republican Party anymore. certainly not Dick Nixon's. That's for
0: sure. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a few uh, big other issues this week. Um, Updates on some things we've mentioned uh, last week and in previous weeks. Um, what's going on with uh, the Highway Department, uh, who the Supreme Court, state Supreme Court ruled, could not use uh, money uh, approved by voters several years back?
1: Well, what is going to go on is a question, and I don't have the answer, but there's now, you know, there are now three lawsuits pending that, that, that all are currently raising the pressing question of how is the Highway Department going to build a $1.3 billion project through Little Rock when the state Supreme Court has said they can't spend the temporary sales tax money on it, and that was going to provide $500 million of it. And furthermore, that they're going to have to repay the $90 million they spent on Interstate 630, and they can't spend the $120 million they plan to spend on I-30 in Saline County. We're talking $700 million that they're going to have to come up with from somewhere else to pay for these projects. So far the best Richard Mays, one of the lawyers in the plaintiff's public interest lawsuits has been able to get out of the highway department and say, well, we're going to reprogram our money. Well, reprogram what money, which I mean brings to, to mind two questions that I keep raising, which is one, if you got that kind of money lying around to reprogram, why'd you need a highway sales tax increase or two, If you're reprogramming money, who's going to lose projects elsewhere in the state so that you can build three-quarters of a billion dollars worth of freeways in the Little Rock area, which is a pretty hot political issue, I can tell you. They didn't pass issue one on the strength that it was going to build this road through Little Rock. They passed it because it was going to be for highway construction and maintenance all around the state. And so they got a problem. Uh, Chip Welch, who, who made the rule for the Highway Department and Circuit Court in Pulaski County uh, that they could spend this money on on the big project in Little Rock and got reversed by the Supreme Court, uh, said, uh, I've read the ruling, I've been reversed, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement their order, and let's have a hearing next week about what goes forward on financing. And I expect they're going to start demanding some specific answers from the state on, it's just one thing to say reprogram money, but to say how much, from where, and at whose cost. And this sales tax money uh, doesn't begin coming in until 2023 anyway, and it's only $200 million a year when it does. It's Paul's far short of what's necessary to build even the first phase of this project. So, uh, you know, I, and, and but meanwhile, they're out there building like crazy and blocking frontage roads and screwing up traffic downtown. I really hope they get an injunction on, on continuing construction until we've got a plan because, it's just did not right. They're down there trying to build as many miles of it as they can. And I think hope some judges say, well, too late now. Yeah, I guess since y'all have built this, you can get to keep it. I mean, I, it, it needs to be stopped. It's also worth pointing out. I mentioned it this morning. It's that I wrote about this hearing next week in, in Chip Welch's court is that the Pulaski County voted against issue one. I mean, it was it was and the rest of the state is going to suffer because of the high, what the highway department wants to do here. And Place County didn't want that project. And we voted no on issue one. And It was because of that 30 crossing project. It wasn't because I don't think just that it was a, ba- it, although it was a bad, it is a bad idea to build a, a tax for the highway department in the constitution. But in any case, I, so I don't know what's going to happen, but I think they're about to be forced to uh, show us the money.
0: And then uh, what's going on with the Pulaski County Election Commission? There were some non- no, it's just, non-voter voters voting. Well, it's just, well,
1: you know, the Republicans are in charge of election commissions now under state law because they're the majority party. And the Election Commission in Pulaski County is controlled by a Democratic County judge. And there there's personality disputes that are, that are part of what's going on there. And there's a, a really... A poorly, quali- I, well, qualified may not be the right word, but the chairman of the election commission is a somebody who lacks good judgment. I think for the Republicans, Evelyn Gomez, and she she wants to run it like a little dictatorship, and that isn't how it goes. And <laughs> so the there's in in the in the management of the election, there have been lots of fights, but, but then it was complicated this year by the fact that of the pandemic. Not only figuring out how to set up polls that people could vote at safely, but dealing with a record number of absentee votes. 25,000 absentees submitted were the 4,000 in the last presidential election. And there were hiccups in the handling of it. And, and they discovered this week that they erroneously counted 327 absentee ballots that had been invalidated because of problems they were registered voters but they didn't fill out their forms right got zip codes wrong and stuff i mean they weren't really fraudulent votes but they shouldn't have been counted and they were and they're now in the stack and they can't be sorted out i mean they're that i mean that's a serious error although it's it's less than two tenths of one percent of the vote cast in the county and it's across the whole county but there are two very close races for state representatives in, in Pulaski County, uh, and they're both for seats held by incumbent Republicans. And one of them, Ashley Hudson, a great Democratic candidate, is forty-four votes behind Jim Sorvillo, and another one, Matthew Stallings, another great Democratic candidate, is fifty-five votes behind the incumbent Republican, Carlton Wing. And so the Republican Party has been trying to pull out, try to get those votes segregated, and try to get they tried to get the chairman to have an illegal quick meeting to halt the counting and all kinds of stuff because they want to protect those seats. Although, you know, the Democrats also could be affected by uncounted votes or votes that shouldn't have been counted. And so there's just been this this constant drama. And they're still today's the deadline to get it done. And it looks like they're going to finish. And as we record this, there's still about, oh, I think, 1300 votes that are up in the air. That could change the outcome of those races, and if and if it does, the Republicans are going to scream bloody murder. I'm not sure what you can do except to hold the election over again, and you'd have to go to court to get a decision to do that. And so I just don't know. I, I, it's uh, uh, it's hard to say what's going to happen. There there is a, of course, at the same time I'm saying this, and Republicans think they're somehow getting screwed. Progressives have been calling me all week, complaining about the Republican majority in the election commission and their dirty dealing, and so. I think a lot of this really can boil down to personality conflict and the fact that this was an extraordinary election with extraordinary challenges. And but uh, I would predict that there's a way for the legislature to jack with the Pulaski County Election Commission next year. They they will find a way to do it and try and diminish their ability to be autonomous in the operation of elections. If I were going to predict anything, but but uh, the sad news is is Looking, hoping against hope that they can pick up some votes and, and pick up two seats in Pulaski County doesn't overcome the fact that uh, the Republicans wiped out the Democrats again. The Democrats didn't gain a seat anywhere and they lost seats. Uh, they were lucky to hold on to one or two that they held on to. And the, they're, they're now, I mean, they're now in the, the status of the Democrats in Alabama. I mean, just virtually meaningless, just tokens at the legislature. So it'll be just a bat matter of sitting back and watching the car crash.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on to endorsements.
1: Oh, I don't know. Do I have any? Well, I made a I dragged out my Diane Kennedy uh, Mexican uh, cooking book and made the uh, Frijoles Barrachos a lusty plate full of drunken beans, which uh, has a can of beer in it, which is why it's called that. But it's And they're sitting on the stove and I've had a bite of them. Pinto beans with a little fat back and some serrano peppers and a few tomatoes and onions. And it's uh, just the right kind of food. It's a great cookbook and she, it's uh, it's good stuff. So I recommend some Mexican cooking.
0: It's
1: nice. not very hard.
0: Be- beans and rice is a staple meal, meal in the Miller household.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh,
0: well, I, this may be a repeat endorsement, but I'm going to uh, endorse. Uh, the children's writer, Kate DiCamillo, I think I've said a number of times that one of the chief pleasures of parenthood for me is reading to my boys. And I have a 10 year old who still thankfully lets me read to him. But now um, my six year old is getting to where he can handle some kind of longer chapter books. So I've been chapter books. Been going back and reading uh, some things that that my older son read on his own that I, I didn't get to read to him. So uh, we just read because of Win Dixie, which I think was DeCamille's first book, um, and it's just just about perfect. Uh, her her dialogue is is dare I say almost Charles Portis-esque. It's wow. funny. Um, it's, mm. it's they're always a little bit sad, um, but. It's written in a way that that registers with kids, and she's she's really had um, a lot of success kind of across the kids book spectrum. Um, my my kids both love the Mercy Watson series, which are kind of early chapter books that you know we started reading to them when they were three and four about a a pig who is um, basically the the child of a childless couple who they describe as a porcine wonder and her addiction to hot buttery toast. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are great, but, uh, because of when Dixie was just so fantastic and uh, I had previously read the tale of Desperu and, um, yeah, I guess that, Oh, what was the other one?
1: I guess Little House on the Prairie is kind of a girl's book, isn't it? Would it be a boy's book?
0: Uh, no. Uh, my my older son read all of those books in school and, and liked them quite a bit.
1: Well, your talk of chapter books and, and, and children and sad parts, it just brings back such wonderful memories. My daughter just loved Little House on the Prairie. I was on work at the city desk, and the phone rang, and Martha was on the phone in tears. And I thought, what's happened? Martha, what's happened? And she said, I forget the name of the dog. It may have been Max. I don't know. Max had died. And I didn't know what she was talking about in <laughs> the dog. She, the dog in the book had died. And she was just beside herself. I'm so relieved it was something in a book and not some terrible tragedy at home. But I remember the great, I mean, you're so right. I mean, the the joy of reading for kids is just a, it's a
0: wonderful thing. Yeah. The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane. That's another highly recommended DeCamello book. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave it there. Leave it there. Everyone Uh, stay vigilant, stay healthy, and we'll be back next week.
1: See you around.